Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Just a little bit about myself before we dive into God's Word today. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So, if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as we talk about change and what that requires. As we talk about new seasons and what that requires. As we talk about the new wineskin and what that requires. The biggest thing I think we resist is change. And we are going to have to embrace the changes that are coming to the body of Christ. The change in how God wants it done versus how man has established it and is desiring for it to remain. Even with an openness for small change, it's not the out of the box that's going to be necessary for God's kingdom purposes to genuinely come forth at a great awakening level. Change is so important because in order for us to step into the new season, the new thing, the new wineskin that God is trying to pour out on the earth, we must change, right? The reason they have new wineskin is because you cannot put, you cannot put new wine in old wineskin. New wine has to go in the new wineskin. If it goes in the old wineskin, it's going to crack. It's going to leak. It's going to bust. It's not going to do what it was intended to do. And when God's pouring out a new wine, he's looking for the new wineskin to pour it into that will be able to hold it effectively and then pour it out over the whole earth as God intends in this season and time we find ourselves in. It is not going to be church as usual. All the traditions, all of the comforts, I guess, they are going to go by the wayside. And when we look biblically and we look through the New Testament, the truth of the matter is Jesus was never concerned with comfort. And us as a people, as the body of Christ today, we have our list we want checked off. We have our time. We have our things. And we kind of fit God into those things instead of taking care of God's business and then seeing if there's room left over for those things. It's almost like we were going left and God says it's time to go right. And will we make that dramatic change in obedience, walking in trust, walking in faith to what he desires us to do, what he needs us to do. Isn't that a powerful thought? God needs us. We are his vessels here on earth, and he needs us to pour out his spirit in the last days like he said he would. He needs fathers and sons He needs mothers and daughters. He needs the whole body of Christ to pour out his spirit, to prophesy, to have dreams, to lead, to march forth, to contend, to stand, to remain, to intercede 
for the great awakening to bring as many souls into the kingdom of God and then turn them into disciples for the kingdom of God to win more souls for the kingdom of God. Really, change is just a process. And it is a process, I'll say that, not just a process. It takes time, right? Change in our habits, change the biggest area we have to make a place of changes in our mindset. It's all first in our mindset, absolutely. We have to get to the mind first and then our change begins to manifest in our daily lives, manifest in our actions, manifest in the body of Christ, in our church buildings. And so turn to Romans 12, starting at the beginning. If you have your Bibles in front of you, if you don't, I'm going to read it. Starting at verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. I mean, it's talking about making a sacrifice of our bodies first. It will get to the mind, but this is saying, present your whole self, everything about you as a living sacrifice. We have to stop doing some of the things we do in our way and ask the Lord, how would you have me to do this? Right? There's a song, I shared it recently on my Facebook page called Make Room. Are we making room for God to have his way? Or are we asking him to have his way and then putting up our hand when he tries to advance in our lives further than we desire him to advance in our lives? We've got to stop doing some things in our way and do them in the way the Lord tells us, the way the word of God tells us, whether it lines up with our comfort or not. What does the word say about our behavior? What does the word say about our thought process? What does the word say about our desires? We have to dig into the word of God and know the word of God And that's how we're transformed. That's how we're changed. That's how we're fully yielded and fully trusting, which results in being fully obedient. Each and every one of us, we go through really a constant metamorphosis of change. It's not like the butterfly that just goes into the cocoon and breaks out and becomes a butterfly and transformation is over. It's a constant process year after year. I look back last year, I'm different than this year. Every single year, the Lord's transforming and changing as I'm yielding and I'm trusting. And when God is speaking to us about change, he's telling us basically, it's time to operate differently because I'm about to do a new thing and I wanna do it through you. And I know it's uncomfortable for you, but I'm trying to get you where I need you to be. Any change is uncomfortable in our lives. Even if it's good, there's a time of adjustment, I guess. Will we be obedient? This is a good question to ask yourself. We, will we be obedient to operate differently? Will we change the way we think, yielding it to what the word of God says? The word says we can have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 
chapter 2, verse 16, tells us we can have the mind of Christ. When we renew our minds daily, which Romans 12 is going to get to, we have the mind of Christ. We begin to think like Christ. His ways become our ways. His thoughts become our thoughts, which are not at this time our thoughts. And at least if we can't comprehend them, we will yield to them. We begin to come, become like more like Christ when we put on the mind of Christ. The word change, when you look up the word change, it means to make the form, the nature, the content, the future course different from what it is right now. And this all leads into then knowing the will of God, knowing what he's doing now, not what he did last year, not what he did last month. What is God doing now and has that changed? And am I hearing it? Do I see it? Am I thinking it? Do I know it? That's priority in our lives. Romans 12 verse 2 tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed and progressively changed by the renewing of your mind. And I'm reading out of the Amplify, which says, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. There it is right there. There's your key to abundant living right there. Don't be conformed to the world. We are not supposed to look like the world. And as time goes on, the differences will become much more stark. But be transformed by how the renewing of our minds in what? In the word of God, we are putting on the mind of Christ. And we can prove to ourselves what the will of God is because now we have the mind of Christ. We're thinking like Christ. His ways have become our ways. We're lining up. Our desires are lining up with his. We begin to know what the will of God is for every single circumstance in our lives. That's the key to obtaining what his will is for us. We have a sacrifice and we have a change. So many people understand and recognize and actually even know they have to change. Things have to change. We can even look at um, just society now as a Christian person and we understand things can't continue this way. It's going to have to change. But the, the disconnect is realizing that that change is connected to sacrifice. If we want a true change in the world, are we willing to go out and make a difference? Or are we just shrugging our shoulders on our living room couch and saying, man, that's terrible. Things need to change. That's not going to bring forth the change, the great awakening that the Lord is looking to pour out over the whole earth now. And he's just waiting on the vessels. If we want to know what the perfect will of God is in out, what, where we're supposed to step, whether we're supposed to go left or right, we have to set aside our flesh. That's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 is talking about. It's talking about the body. It's talking about the flesh. It's talking about our mind. It's talking about selfish desires. Desires. It's talking about not being conformed to the world, not being like the world. Don't desire what they desire. Don't, it's not all, you know, just do it. You know, have it your way. All these different phrases that are out there 
subliminally in small commercials are making a big statement. I have the right. I'm entitled. You know, you have to agree with me or you're wrong. You know, all these different things that are going on. The only way we're going to see God's glory poured out over all the earth, like it says it will be, is through us being willing to change, us being willing to set aside our flesh and operating in the new mindset, the mind of Christ. And it's not going to be easy, but we can do it empowered by and through Christ. Because the truth is, God's moving forward. Will we move forward with him? That's our question. Change is part of the moving forward. Obedience is crucial crucial in our times of changing. Change prepares us for what God is desiring to pour out on us and then pour out through us. Change prepares us for this. And sometimes change is a mindset. Sometimes change demands a shift in uh, position of our hearts. Sometimes change demands a shift in position of our physical being. And that's the portion of Romans 12, 2, renewing our minds daily, being in the word of God, not conforming to this world so that we know the will of God. So we know he's saying, I want you to change your thinking in this area. I want you to change your habits in this area. I want you to change your physical positioning in this area. There are those times. Dan and I have seen it where the Lord has done it over and over again and again in our lives. And I don't have time to share the whole story, but 20 something years ago, you know, he told us your blessing is in Houston and physically moved us to Houston. If we hadn't been willing, if we hadn't been obedient, we wouldn't be in Houston. We wouldn't have progressed to where he even has us right now. And sometimes in our own mindsets, we think that we can stay where we are physically. We can stay where we are emotionally in a place of comfortable in a place of familiarity, even if it, sometimes this is the thing, even if something's not good, just because it's familiar, it makes us comfortable. And we try to strive by um, naming and claiming, professing, calling in a blessings of the Lord in the place where the Lord doesn't want us to be. And it's not going to work that way. He told Abraham, go. Abraham would not have become the father of many nations had he not left everything he knew in a family full of idol worshipers, leaving all, forsaking all, and going to a place that the Lord would not even tell him where he was going until he started going. Now, that's pretty powerful. Imagine somebody doing that today. We'd think they're crazy. Well, what's the plan? What are you doing? Where are you going? What do you have lined up? How much money do you have? And I'm not saying that we don't count the cost. We absolutely count the cost, yes. But I'm just saying if God says go and don't count the cost, then get out of that old wineskin, get on the new wineskin and go and don't count the cost. If he says go and count the cost, if he says, I know this doesn't make any sense, but I want you to do this and I don't want you to analyze when you're supposed to do it. I just want you to do it right now. If he's calling you to start a thing, 
and you're thinking, well, is this a good time to start it? Is that a good time to start it? Is this a good time to go? When should I go? What's the timing of everything else in my life so I can see if I can actually do that? That's disobedience if God's placed it on your heart now to do now. Not everything does he say do now, but there are things that we tuck aside and they're for now. You know, I was talking with somebody recently. There's dreams that have been put on shelves and they've gotten dusty. And I believe the Lord's saying, it's time to dust those dreams off. Now is the time. And maybe we put them up there because we thought we missed the time, but we didn't. We cannot be fully complete. We cannot fully receive. And we cannot fully help others if we are in conflict with our flesh, if we are yielding more to our flesh, if our mind is not renewed by the word of God. It's a continual battle that goes on. We are responsible to take every thought captive. We are responsible to walk in obedience to everything God tells us to do. We're the ones responsible. Second Corinthians chapter 10 tells us, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Make your thoughts line up to the word of God and tell yourself to obey everything that he is telling you to do. Another thing in this Romans chapter 12, while we're talking about obedience and all that, it says that obedience is better than sacrifice. That's pretty powerful. Why is obedient? Why is obedience better than sacrifice? Because it's an issue of the heart. Disobedience or even just a lack of obedience is an act of rebellion in your heart towards God. Obedience, disobedience says, I don't know if I can trust you. Obedience says, I trust you fully. Obedience puts a demand on us to have a trust and a faith in God that stretches us out of our comfortable places. And when we're obeying God and we're stepping out of the comfort zones, step by step, we have to have a faith and a trust in God that anything he's requiring of us has a purpose to it. Anything God desires us to do, is asking us to do, urging us to do, he's with us in that. He knows the plans he has for us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He goes before us. He's got our back and he walks by our side. All at the same time, he manages to do this. And he tells us over and over again, fear not, I will be with you, right? Isaiah 43 tells us that. Fear not, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. We have to set aside fear and trust in the fullness of God's presence, trusting that he never leaves us or forsakes us, continually walking hand in hand with us. I mean, nothing can, can change what God has established, no matter what. It doesn't matter who you're connected to. It doesn't matter who you're not connected to. It, nobody can stop the will of God in your life. When God has a plan for you and you're yielded fully to that plan, it can't be undone. Now, there will be obstacles. There will be, I would say, like speed bumps in the road, right? Trying to slow you down, trying to get you to turn off. But if you'll remain and you'll be steadfast walking forward in what you know God has told you to do, 
nothing can change it. Still in Isaiah 43, there's a scripture that says, I work and who will reverse it? Nobody can undo what God desires to do. And in that same chapter in Isaiah 43, it's talking about what we're talking about today. Do not, in verse 18, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it's going to spring forth. Now you will know it. I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'll do the things you don't think I can do if you'll get rid of the old wineskin. If, underline that, capitalize it, highlight it, make it bold, whatever. If you will not remember the former, if you will get rid of the old wineskin, I'm doing that new thing. I'm pouring the new wine and I'm looking for you. I'm looking for your neighbor. I'm looking for your coworker. I'm looking for the church member. I'm just looking for the willing vessel that will become the new wineskin so I can pour out my new wine. God's not going to waste his new wine. He's not going to pour his new wine out on old vessels that he knows are just going to let it spill over. They're just going to crack and it's going to be a waste of his new wine. That's not the hour we are in. If we are willing to let go of what God wants us to let go of, what he desires us to let go of, what he's urging us to let go of, if we're willing to do that, the Lord will establish us. I believe God is saying in this hour, I am coming. I am pouring out the spirit of my new wine. And you must be prepared as the new wineskin. This is a time of my cleansing purging flood. It is about my people, about the reproach of my land, and about the true freedom of my people. And in order to do that, we must fully trust God. We must fully trust, like I said a few minutes ago, that he goes before us. He's got our back. He's covering us from behind, and he's walking with us. But we're going to have to let go of some of the stuff we know. And we have to fully trust him in all our ways, knowing that he has the plans, that he directs our steps, that he highlights the path, that he's saying, go ahead on this path, but be prepared for change at any moment and be flexible as I lead. Get ready to go forth in ways you did not expect Get ready to go forth with connections you did not even know a year ago, connections you did not anticipate, and get ready to go forth with the power of my new wine. How? How are we going to do this? We're going to go and we're going to read Zechariah 4, 6, and we're going to realize it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts being led by his spirit, being fully yielded to his spirit, we will go forth in the ways we did not expect, with the connections we did not expect, down a path we did not expect, carrying the new wineskin to his people, bringing forth the power of God at a level that people have not seen before now and are hungering and thirsting for 
will you say, here I am, use me, here I am, send me. I'm willing to change, I'm willing to yield, I'm willing to obey all you have for me to do for your kingdom purposes. 